Out of the closet and onto the silver screen. Welcome to Gays Only Cinema, the podcast where every movie we watch is rated G for gay. Now, this is the second time we're doing this intro (laughs) because the first time we got 18 minutes into our recording and I realized I'd completely fucked up my recording and wasn't actually recording anything at all. So, (laughs) whoops. Listen, it's the second episode. (laughs) Yeah, we'll figure it out eventually. It's just Audacity had automatically assumed that something else was my microphone that wasn't my microphone. And so it wasn't working at all, you know? Yeah, yeah. But anyway, we'll, I guess, just kind of rush through some of the things we went through the first time so (laughs) you guys might not get the full discussion but I was I did tell a story about how I stayed up extremely late last night to do this rewatch for this episode because I got extremely distracted for several hours in the wee hours of the morning having a discussion about transhumanism with my friends on twitter Which is extremely uh, in character. (laughs) Just extremely on brand. But, you know, I knew I had to get this movie watched and take extensive notes before today. But also, I just had to tell everyone my important opinions on how you can't separate (laughs) the consciousness from the physical form of the body and brain. (laughs) You also did call a transhumanist, like, um, uh... Oh, what's the word? The uh, I did, who... Yes, I did. I did say that transhumanists, like really dedicated transhumanists, not people who just like to think about it, but people who like that's their whole thing. I did say that transhumanists are cucks. <laughs> <laughs> because they are a special <laughs> brand of people. Um, which, which I have to repeat for this new recording, just to give everyone the opportunity to cancel me for it. And... Yes, it's very important. Yeah, <laughs> you weren't going to get away with not getting that part in. <laughs> yes, uh, that um, is a, a joke. Should we introduce ourselves, maybe? But oh yeah, <laughs> we're all over the place. You guys will just have to deal with it. I'm your host, Teddy. My pronouns are she and her. And I'm and this... your host, Saya, uh, and my pronouns are he, him. There we go. Now you know yes. who we are. <laughs> now That's you a know... good start. Now you know who to cancel for saying <laughs> transhumanists are cucks. <laughs> it's important. <laughs> yes, very. <laughs> the movie we're watching today is Shub Magal's Yadasavdan, which... I probably am not pronouncing very well. Please forgive my American accent on all of these, but I'm doing my best. Yeah, I think every foreign movie we watch, we'll just be doing our best. Yeah, that's, that's all we can do. To to get into some of the background of what this movie is, uh, first off, this is a movie that I was anticipating highly for a long time because I saw the trailer first 
at some point way last year and was like super excited for it just from the trailer. And then it actually had a limited release at a theater near me in February before lockdown, but I was busy on the for the showings they were doing, so I didn't get to see it. So then I had to wait even more impatiently for it to finally go up on Amazon Prime. And when I finally got to watch it, it like lived up to all my expectations and I just loved it. It's just a super it's fun movie. It's such a good movie. It's so good. It, like, I it's, think it's like the epitome of like a gay rom-com, really. It really is. I think it's my favorite gay rom-com. And I've watched a few, you know. Yeah, because I feel a lot of them just... I mean, a lot of them are just a bit awkward. Or like have elements that are quote-unquote problematic, but are just like make it a less fun experience. That's true. Yeah, this one is just a laugh a minute. It's just really fun the whole it's way through. It's just genuinely so funny. It's um, hilarious. And again... um, like it's uh, the movie, whole movie is in Hindi, um, but uh, the jokes like scan so well through the uh, like the acting and the subtitling, which is just like that in itself just shows like how well it's executed it is that it actually uh, translates so well because humor is like the like the hardest thing to translate really. Yeah, absolutely. And interestingly, I noticed rewatching it this time that they've actually improved the subtitles even from when it first went up. Like they've yeah. put together a like a better translation, like more precise and more detailed and like actually got the songs translated and stuff for the most part. And that's really nice to see. So now's a better time than ever to go watch it yeah. streaming on Amazon Prime. So I wonder if you, they noticed like that a lot of foreigners were watching it. Yeah. Uh, that's maybe why they, they uh, upgraded the subtitling. That could be it. Yeah. It could also just be a timing thing. Mm. But, like, they had to rush the subtitles at first when they first got it up, and then they had more time to, to like, do a better version. I don't know. Yeah, but yeah. It is. But, yeah, it's it's from this year. Uh, it went up, uh, like, the original release was, like, right before lockdown, and then the online release was, what, during spring or something? I think early summer, maybe, but I, I don't yeah. remember exactly. Something like that. Yeah. But it's, it's a very recent movie. Yes, very recent. Uh, it's a spinoff of an older movie called Shubhmagal Savdan, which uh, was about, which was like a straight rom-com about erectile dysfunction. Yeah. But I have not seen it. I haven't watched the original one. But uh, it roughly translates, from what I understand it, to like beware of marriage. And so Shubhmagal's Yada Savdan is like, extra even more beware of marriage basically yeah uh and i, I watched uh, an interview where um because it's the same um both movies have the same writer director and the same uh like one of the actors of the main characters is the same um and the uh, writer uh, director was talking about how you know this first thing was a taboo and then this other thing was like even more of a taboo so it was just like, okay, we'll just put an extra in there and it's the same thing. <laughs> that is pretty fun. That's a, that's a good logic to me. Yeah. <laughs> but as as like a general overview, uh, non-spoilery before the spoiler break, it's a, a Bollywood rom-com about a gay couple. They're already together at the beginning of the movie, so it's not really about them falling in love with each other. Instead, it's more about them having conflict with uh, the family of one of them. And, like, trying to prove the seriousness of their relationship to that family. Yeah, I mean, 
yeah, I mean, if, I think one of the central relationships is really between one of the characters and his dad. Uh, yes, definitely. Uh, it's in tone. It's really just kind of fun and upbeat. Uh, it does have like some like mentions of and some like on screen like familial abuse, mm. but it's not not like really disturbing images of it i guess no it's 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 framed in a way that doesn't feel super serious i guess which can be uh, like both good and bad depending on on the context yeah and then i think that's the only like potential like trigger warning i can think of that might have upsetting content in this mm. otherwise yeah it's just it's just a fun movie i recommend it i really like it a lot so <laughs> yeah it's, it's one of my favorite gay movies Definitely recommend watching it. And uh, with that, unless um, you have... Yeah, um, I wanted to mention the uh, like the context uh, in terms of um, uh, the legal situation in India. Uh, because it's, um, you know, there used to be uh, one of like the old colonial anti-sodomy uh, laws, which um, was repealed in 2018. And this movie takes place like right before it gets repealed. From what I understand, it wasn't usually really uh, applied that much. It was mostly used like for blackmail. Uh, like a lot of gay people would get blackmailed with this law. Um, but yeah, the context of the movie is like it's right at the end, right before it gets repealed, uh, after having been like gone back and forth for like a decade or something. Yeah, yeah. So that's the that's the sort of historical, if a couple years ago can be called historical context mm. of the film. Uh, so, which is good to know going in. And uh, with that, here's the spoiler break. So if you want to watch the movie before we discuss it, then stop the podcast now and go watch it and then come back. And if you don't care about spoilers, just keep on listening. You can stay with us. You can stay. So have the fun. opening... Yes, have have a lot of fun, hopefully. Uh <laughs> We will. Yes, if nothing else. <laughs> and we got through that whole intro in only 11 minutes this time. So we, <laughs> when it took yeah. us 18 minutes last time when it wasn't recording. <laughs> so just being more efficient on the second yeah. second way through. We're speed running it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. So the opening scene is this sort of like framing monologue about love which is talking about how like matches are made in heaven, but the timing is established on earth, which I believe is like a old Hindi proverb. And uh, it establishes the two main characters who are Kartik and Amon and has this whole like metaphor about running, which is, which kind of appears throughout the movie. And also there's trains, which also are a major theme throughout the movie because Kartik and Amon are running to catch this train and as they're running to catch the train, they each have these monologues sort of about the first time in their lives that they were running a lot. And Kartik talks about how, how he was running away from like neighborhood kids that were going to beat him up because of the color of his hair because he dyed his hair blue. And then talking about how his, his dad also would beat him up for like being different and not fitting in and stuff. So it's clear from the beginning that Kartik had a pretty rocky relationship with his father and with his peers and that and he's stuff. someone who's like used to getting beaten up really yeah definitely 
And Amon, on the other hand, the first time he was running, he was running away from his family who wanted to, like, put cake on his face for his birthday because they love him so much. So, so, so in, a contrast right from the beginning. Yes. Amon was, like, smothered by familial love, whereas Kartik never really had that loving relationship with his family. Mm. And it doesn't seem like he has any relationship with them at this, at this point. Yeah, yeah. And so then they catch the train. Amon gets onto the train and that's like starting to go. And they're like trying to catch it before it's like too fast that they can get on it. And Amon like holds his hand back to help Kartik to like grab Kartik's hand to help him onto the train. Which is an image that gets sort of repeated later, which is mm. why it's notable. But then we get sort of a little bit of a flashback, only like a small amount but because uh, in this first scene, even Kartik and Amon are wearing like kind of weird outfits, like these weird like superhero costumes. <laughs> so you find out from this flashback that the reason they're wearing those is because they're working at like a mall kiosk promoting toothpaste, basically. Yeah. And Amon Trying is to hand out flyers. Yeah. Amon is handing out flyers being like, does your toothpaste celebrate love? <laughs> Which is really funny to me. <laughs> And it's it's especially funny when he's uh, because his mom calls him like oh you have to come home for this wedding, and at the same time he keeps doing this whole uh, oh just a toothpaste celebrate love thing. Yes, exactly. Um, yeah, his mom is like I don't know about my toothpaste, but we're having a wedding, so you gotta come home. <laughs> yeah, I love you. Your mom loves you. You super scared. Love you. <laughs> yes, yeah. That's a, a, a Amon's mom calls while he's doing this job. And yeah, tells him that his cousin's getting married the next day, basically. And it's like, you have mm. to come home for this wedding. And we also establish a lot of stuff about Amon's family, which uh, their last name is Tripati. So the Tripati family. And mm. uh, in this scene, we establish that like their home is being besieged by farmers who are protesting <laughs> over this black cauliflower that his father, who's a scientist, who's like an agricultural scientist, has developed. It's a new breed of cauliflower that's supposed to, like, be more resistant to worms or whatever. But all of the farmers are, like, protesting them and chucking this cauliflower into their house and saying that it's ruined them and stuff. And, uh, and, the, clear and the girl that's getting married is, like, everyone is ignoring her because they're too busy with, with these black cauliflowers uh, falling into their home everywhere. <laughs> so she's exactly. just sitting there, like, is anyone going to give me attention or... Like, are we going to do these rituals that we need to do for the wedding? Or are you just going to keep catching these cauliflowers? <laughs> and they're going to keep catching the cauliflowers for sure. Yes, yes. And uh, Shankar, who's Amon's father, is like taking selfies, essentially, with the protesters with like a peace sign and like clearly doesn't care at all that he's being protested. <sighs> he's such an asshole. <laughs> he really is. <laughs> he's terrible. But, uh, yeah, so uh, the cousin who's getting married is named Goggle, or that's, like, her nickname, because yeah. she always wears uh, glasses. sunglasses. Yeah, sunglasses. That's the word. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and which we find out the reason for later. But we also have introduced in the scene Kasum, who uh, Amon's parents want him to get married to. So she's, like, their choice for an arranged marriage for him. Amon has no idea about this, but they're planning, no. like, if they can convince Amon to come home for the wedding, they're going to be like, they're going to uh, set them up. Yeah, they're going to set them up. 
and Kasum is like has apparently been waiting for a long time for this and she like acts like super demure and embarrassed a lot and i think one of the things this movie does really well is using uh, sound to underscore the humor because every time kusum is like the more like um excited about something it plays like a, a few notes yes the soundtrack matches up with the action so well it's so funny but yeah, yeah. so like also because they, like they established this musical cue for her right away so they get to use that for humor uh later because they've established it so many times yes yeah and she has this habit of like running away embarrassed anytime someone like talks about marriage or something that's like yeah. totally like i think from the beginning pretty obviously an affectation but they yeah, do yeah. a pretty a, a few pretty effective jokes with that too but anyway so aman's mom thinks that the reason aman is refusing to come home for the wedding is because he already has a girlfriend in the city, which I think is this huge problem because he needs to marry the girl they chose instead. And so uh, the mom yells at the dad to be like, you have to get control of your son and stuff. And you have to write him in. Uh, like a deli girl has seduced him. Oh no. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta get him to come home and marry this girl that I chose for him. And uh, we also introduce Goggles' parents, too, who are, you know, the aunt and uncle of Amon. Uh, the uncle is the brother of the scientist dad. And there's clearly, like, we're already establishing the family dynamics where, like, the scientist guy is, like, the head of the household and the uncle has to be, like, his lackey, kind of. Yeah, he and... never really does anything for himself. He just gets his brother to do it for him. Yep, yep, pretty much. And it's also made clear that, you know... It took them a long time to find Goggle, a husband who is willing to marry her. And she's like older than the usual marriage age in in this culture. She's 27, which mm. which is hilariously. Well, yeah, it's, it's the same age as me, which yeah. is funny to me because it's also kind of old to get married in my particular culture since I was raised Mormon. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I feel like it would be early to get married here, to be honest. That's fair. I think that's probably the case in most of America as well. Yeah. Just, you know, there's different cultural norms. Oh, for sure. But uh, apparently, so Goggle is getting married to like an older, like an older man. Uh, her mom calls him a dinosaur and she gets yeah. mad at him. <laughs> she gets mad at her for saying that. Yeah, don't uh, insult my future husband. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's most of the important stuff from that scene. Everyone keeps ignoring Goggle. Amon's father is very smug about his cauliflower, etc., etc. Yeah, and it like establishes this whole like chaotic big family. Um, that's like a, a story element the whole way through. Yeah, well, and it establishes a lot of these little side plots that are going to keep coming mm. up throughout the movie. I've seen people criticize this movie as having too many side plots and like saying that they're boring and stuff but i think they're all okay. hilarious one they're super funny two i feel like they're actually pretty relevant to the bigger theme uh, like uh, like the cauliflower thing is pretty symbolic for the rest of the movie for example oh yeah it's like tied in really well yeah and so it's not like it's like random subplots it's it has like it ties in uh, by the end and most of them, it manages to tell them in like just really short snippets on the side. Mm. Anyway, it's not like it dwells on them too long. No. But also, they're just really funny to me. I love yeah. the cauliflower bit. <laughs> the cauliflower it's so thing funny. is so funny. 
So anyway, back to Amon and Kartik in the city after work. They're riding on a motorcycle together. Amon is on front, Kartik's on back. It's like there's this love song playing in the background. It's super lovey-dovey and sweet. Uh, turns out they're going to help a friend elope without her father knowing. There's this really sweet moment before Kartik goes and like climbs up the balcony to help this girl escape where where Amon's like, are you scared? And Kartik's like, oh, I'm shit scared. And then <laughs> they like hug to like, so that Kartik can get, you know, strength the from courage. it. Yeah. And then really ap- cute. after they hug, they then fist bump. <laughs> 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 so then there's this whole scene that's just very slapstick comedy where they're trying to help this girl climb down and the motorcycle is difficult to start, so they can't get it to start. And then Kartik and Amon get in a fight with the with this girl's dad while she gets away on the motorcycle and leaves them behind. <laughs> yeah, Kartik gets stuck gets stuck on his cape because they're still wearing these the superhero costumes. Like this whole scene is still taking place with the superhero costumes, and he gets stuck on the cape. So yeah, yeah. And then Kartik and Amon get chased around by the neighbors. <laughs> Again, it's the whole thing with like running that reappears constantly because, okay, you have the girl running away to get married uh, with someone her father doesn't want her to marry. And then you have Kazik and Amad running away from, you know, the, the dad and like the whole neighborhood, basically. Yes, yes. And then Amon's dad calls at that time and someone from like the mob picks it up. So, so Amon's dad is like, why aren't you picking up the phone? And this random guy is like, because he's busy chasing girls, which, and then they, they like are convinced like, oh, he does have a girl in Delhi. Oh no. Yeah. Yeah. Our theory was completely correct. (laughs) But so then eventually they lose the mob and uh, Kartik and Amon have this conversation where Kartik actually really badly wants to go home to Amon's house for the wedding. Yeah, Amon is he like also, no. He also lays out like his uh, like, oh, we needed to help this girl because I will do anything for love, and uh, love is the most important thing, and you should be brave and stuff like that. Which again, very character establishing for him. Which absolutely, yeah, this is uh, really showing off Kartik's character, which is that he's very sort of bold in all of his stances and very determined, mm. and that's. A- Part of why is very fun because yeah, Amon. He's they so also fun. they have this exchange where Amon is like, "Oh, I won't bring you there," and Kartik is like, "Why?" And then in English is like, "I'm worth it, and you know it." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> which is really fun. But then it's the mob also like, um, like I feel it's it's a pretty common thing in Danish as well to like say extra things in English, just because it's you know. If you're going to say something extra, it's a good thing to just say in another language, I guess. Yeah, so that, that makes very a lot familiar of sense. to me. <laughs> yeah, from watching a lot of non-English language media, which I do, I, I get the impression that there's a lot of people who do that around the world. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I always think it's fun, though. Yeah. But yeah, so so then the mob shows back up and they like run away by getting on a rickshaw to escape. And then even though they were just having this argument where Amon was like, no, I don't want to go back home. They basically essentially go straight to the train station and just go to the wedding. Yeah. <laughs> so Kartik I mean, that. I mean, I feel uh, uh, immediately, um, initially uh, Amon is like, oh, we can't go because, you know, obviously we, they can't know uh, that we're together. And uh, Kazik's like, no, we're not going to tell them. <laughs> yeah. We're just going to go to the wedding. We're not going to tell them anything. Yeah, so their plan is just that he's going as, like, Amon's friend, friend, basically. Yeah. 
And uh, so they fall asleep on the train to Amon's hometown. And when they wake up, they get woken up by like this guy who's cleaning the train who asks them if they know these other superheroes because they're yeah. still wearing <laughs> the superhero con- costumes. Oh, yeah. Those fucking superheroes costumes. I-, I can't with them. But then like, so so the the family has like basically rented like this special wedding train to take them to the wedding, this wedding party train. And so they are almost late to catch that. So then they have to run to catch that. And that was what and the first... And we're back at the pilot movie, yeah. Yeah, that was what the first scene was, was them catching this train together. Again, still in the superhero costumes. <laughs> <laughs> at some point on the train, they change out of them because they're not in the in those same yeah. costumes for the whole train bit, for the, the like, wedding train. Yeah, but... that's, a, that's a music number at this point. I think they changed doing the, like, the music number montage. Yes, yes. There's a, there's a whole musical number where they're just partying, partying on the wedding train, and Kartik's having a blast, and He's Amon so is like, Amon is like really nervous and uncomfortable, which is pretty much their dynamic throughout a lot yeah. of. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's basically the characters. But then Kartik and Amon at, end up like uh, sort of hiding in a corner in the train and making out, and of course. Amon's dad sees them. Oh no! Oh no! Drama! And it's filled filled with this really dramatic way as well, where like freeze frames on their reactions and his reaction. And <laughs> yep. And then uh, Amon's dad throws up <laughs> and like passes out. <laughs> yeah. It's... I mean, that's maybe the one thing I have like mixed feelings on, like the whole throwing up thing. I'm like, ah. Uh... Yeah, that's like a little bit over the top, but you a little know, much. Yeah, a little much. But so then there's a little bit of a time skip and there the train has like stopped for a break and to refuel and stuff. And uh, Kartik and Amon are off of the train and are arguing about like what they're going to do about Amon's dad having found out. And uh, one fun thing from this discussion that I think, again, is really just tells you a lot about Kartik's character is like Kartik is basically like, well, you know, if we really need to, we can bite them. <laughs> <laughs> we will become dogs. <laughs> if they can use motherly love and fatherly love as weapons, why can't we use our teeth? <laughs> it's the exact same thing. It's exactly the same. <laughs> and again, we get the contrast between them because uh, uh, Aman is like, no, I can't do that. Uh, it's he's my dad. And Kartik has just told him about how he like bit his dad. So again, you see the different relationships. Yep, exactly. Meanwhile, on the train, they've called a doctor to come look at the dad who's passed out, which is probably at least partially faking it at that point. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's a whole conversation about the black cauliflowers. So, I mean, maybe having eaten only that for like two weeks or something hasn't been great for yourself either, but it's not really clear. Yeah, they they have this whole argument about what may, might be causing the illness. Yeah, the black cauliflower comes up. They also just have all these sort of old petty family arguments that come back yeah, up yeah, where yeah, they, yeah. they argue about the roles in the family and the things that the different people do. And, and like, uh, it's clear the aunt is like bitter that the uncle wasn't able to like study law and become a lawyer and like be a more important fam- person in the family. But we find out that essentially that Chaman, the uncle was studying to become a lawyer at some point, but failed an exam, which becomes important later. Yeah. And, and like, he's even like, why does every discussion we have have to ha- uh, be about my law degree? <laughs> yep. 
<laughs> and he's also like he's also claims that the reason he failed the test was because they were there were a bunch of questions that were out of the syllabus. So how could he know what what they were? Yeah, yeah. But as soon as soon as the doctor is like, oh, the train will be stopped here for a while anyway, so you can go get this medicine because there's a protest up ahead. The dad instantly wakes up. <laughs> <laughs> and the doctor's like, don't worry, it's not a protest about the black cauliflower. <laughs> <laughs> not everything else, you know. Not everything's about that. But, uh, so then the dad gets off the train to go take a walk, and Kartik tries to convince Amon to go talk to him. Amon does not want to, and is like, can we, can we go together? And Kartik's like, no, then I'll be getting beaten up twice. First, first <laughs> by my father, and then by yours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're not tricking me into this. You have to do it yourself. Which, spoiler alert, uh <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that comes back up later. Yeah, but uh But I think uh it's also uh like this is the first time I think that um Kartik uh, compares uh, uh him and uh, Aman to like fictional characters, um because he does like compare the two of them and the whole situation they're in to like fiction at several points. That's I think true. here he makes a, a reference to like some uh, older uh, Indian movie. Yeah, yeah. Which I I didn't understand the reference, but I'm sure no. a lot of people, you know, who have more of that cultural context would. Yeah, but uh, he's basically saying like, be like this character, or be like this character. Yeah, definitely. And Kartik eventually just threatens just to leave and go back to Delhi. Yeah, if you the... don't go, yeah, if you don't go talk to your dad, I'm just going home. So. Yeah. So then Amon goes to talk to him. Uh, Kartik thinks Amon's father will be understanding because he's educated oh, right. when his own father yeah. wasn't. Uh, yeah, it's it's actually interesting the, the things this... Like, it's not like class is a big thing for this movie, but it does sort of have an opinion on it because, um, yeah, it's basically like, well, my dad was just a blacksmith and obviously he's not going to understand, but your dad, he's educated, he'll understand. Yeah. And, you know, that's not how things happen. There's also a really funny line where... Uh, Kartik is like, try to be a hero, bro. Ugh, why did I call you bro? <laughs> Listen, I'm a proponent of like calling your romantic partner bro. So yes. Also, throughout <laughs> the movie, he does continue to call his romantic partner bro. So <laughs> so, I mean, he does strike me as the sort of person who calls everyone bro. Oh yeah, big time. But I mean, uh, he, call, he calls um, uh, Aman's dad bro at some point as well. So. Yes, he calls him uncle bro. <laughs> <laughs> He really is the ideal character. <laughs> He's so good. If you haven't picked up on it yet, we both really like Kartik. <laughs> yes. But uh, so the dad is like watching the workers who are trying to get like a hose to work so they can load water onto the train. And uh, he's like tells them they're doing it wrong and tries and takes the hose himself to like fix it. And Amon is like uh, rehearsing this thing he's going to say to his dad when he gets over there. But as soon as Amon like calls out to his dad... His dad just hoses him down instead of listening to him. It's like a really mm. strong stream of water. It knocks him over. Uh, after the hose gets turned off, he helps him up and tells the onlookers, um, it's uh, it's very hot out. It's and hot out here, this yeah. Is the best way to beat the heat is by yeah. hosing mm -hmm. down my mm -hmm. son. I uh, definitely still have plausible liability here. <laughs> but then he tells him like, oh, stay away from that boy. This is not right. You shouldn't be doing that. But he doesn't give a chance. He doesn't give Amon a chance to speak up for himself, basically. No. But I, I think I think there's still like in in terms of the comparison with uh, uh, Kartik's dad, like the way um, 
uh, the way Shankar is doing it at this point is like very plausible liability. Like he doesn't want to, the rest. Like he's he's not beating him or anything. He's like he's hosting him down and uh, he's telling me, oh, you can always change. Oh, I mean your clothes, of course. So it's like this very um, subtextual thing uh, for a while, which is like the contrast. Uh, I think there maybe often is between uh, like homophobia between classes. That's a very good point. Yeah, that he's like. Well, we're just, we can just ignore this and make it go mm. away and change it instead of instantly going up to, I'm just going to beat you up and disown you. So yeah, there's exactly. like, yeah, so that there is a contrast there. Uh, then we have a time skip and we get to like, before the wedding, they're about to like start the wedding procession and Kartik is just dancing and having fun and uh, trying to get Amon to dance with him, but Amon's reluctant because their dad is watching from, like, a nearby balcony. <laughs> yeah. But, uh... Oh, and he's just like, oh, I'm not in the mood, and uh, Kazik's like, oh, I'll get you in the mood, like I always do. It's like, oh. <laughs> yes, uh, that's a good line. But yeah, I, I also, I really like both of their, like, wedding outfits. They're dressed... Yes! So good. Kartik's got this great, like, bright blue jacket with this pink scarf, and Amon's got this really pretty, like, burgundy patterned jacket and stuff that, uh, you know, I don't know the traditional names for those garments, but they're just, they're good looking. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, the dad is watching them through the window and has a conversation with the mom that's like very sort of double talk that because the, the mom doesn't know what's going on yet. No one but the dad knows what's going on at this point. Yeah. And the dad is like, oh, a father who can't control his son is useless. Uh, Kasum comes in, dad gets rid of her. Uh, there's again, this repeated joke that starts here about like, because the dad is upset, the mom will have sex with him basically. (laughs) Or like misinterprets the fact that he's upset as he wants to have sex with her. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But, uh, yeah. Goggle out like at the... Uh, procession is insisting on going to the wedding on like a horse which just from the context of this movie I gather that it's usually the normal thing for the groom to go to the wedding on the horse yeah since this is the groom's second wedding he doesn't want to bother with it but so Goggle is insisting that she wants to go on the horse instead because it's her first wedding so she should get the full experience Uh, like I feel like a lot of the the, uh, implication is that She's really the only one who really cares that much about this wedding. I, I mean, apart from her parents, maybe. Yeah, exactly. That everyone else is treating it like it's not a big deal. And again, still mostly ignoring her because she's on yeah. the horse, like trying to get to the wedding procession to start. But everyone's just dancing and not moving yeah. and like in her way. Uh, but yeah, when she gets to the when she rides her horse to the wedding place, she even she refuses to seek the blessings from her new in-laws, which I gather is a would be the usual thing. And it's like mm. I'll I'll seek blessings after the wedding. I just want to go get married. Just let me go yeah. get married. I've waited too long for this. Let's just do it exactly. Now. <laughs> and uh, at this point, Amon tries to tell Kartik to go back to Delhi because he's worried about how their dad is looking at them and stuff. But Kartik says that he'll go back in the morning before anyone wakes up because right now he just wants to. Uh, like dance the night away with Amon because he doesn't know yeah. when they're gonna they're gonna be able to see each other again if he leaves now because the dad is so upset about it and uh, there's this whole thing where Kartik is like what has he even done to be your father just given a single sperm and, yeah and Amon's like yes and I'll be paying for that sperm for the rest of my <laughs> life 
Which, I mean, is also... Like, I think this that's something the movie has a lot to say about as well. Like, how you can never really escape your parents. Like, even... Uh, like Kartik, who has no relationship with his uh, dad at this point, he's like obviously still affected by having the the dad he had. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then this is when we get Kartik's big entrance to the wedding because Amon goes in first, and this is again just the Kartik is so he's the best because he he he's, gets he's the just attention. He's fun and sexy. Yeah, he's just fun and sexy. He gets the attention of the wedding band and is like, "You gotta play something cool for my entrance." And then in English, it should be sexy AF. <laughs> I love him so much. <laughs> and then there's a musical number, and Kartik is very cool and sexy, and very sexy. AF. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in but fact, like, he's so cool and sexy that he gets in a dance off uh, with uh, Aman's dad. Yes, I love that dance off. Yeah, it's like yeah. it's a. It's a very determined love song. Like, our bond can't be broken and I'll give up the world, but I won't give up you. And Kartik dances with Amon for a while and then, yeah, has this very hostile dance-off with Amon's dad. <laughs> and at one point in that dance-off, Kartik ends up basically being, like, knocked down. But then Amon, who's been off screen for a little bit at this point, very dramatically reaches his hand out and helps Kartik up. And mm. then... Amon, uh, this is important to me. Amon pulls Kartik into a kiss. Yes, yes. In the middle it's, of a public wedding. Like, well, I mean, I guess you've just been so cool and sexy by uh, having a dance off with my homophobic dad, but I have to kiss you at this point. Like, I don't have a choice anymore. I mean, I guess this is happening. Yeah, it's it's funny because it maybe like if you think about it too much, it maybe doesn't make that much sense that they do that <laughs> right here, but it's really fun. I, I, I think the implication is that like he gets caught up in the moment and he's tired of his dad being dad being an asshole. I feel like yes. that's the implication. I also think it's important because it shows that like although Kartik's been like the most determined and outward one and Amon's been kind of shy this whole time, that Amon actually is also really invested in this relationship. Yeah. And he's is, dedicated to it. Yeah, he has he he's able to show determination in his own way in sometimes. So, yeah. like, yeah, Kartik's not the only determined one. Yeah. But... Being, being reluctant and more shy doesn't mean he's not uh, invested and doesn't mean he can't be stopping about it. Exactly. And then uh, the dad, like, everyone's shocked by this, of course, because, again, this is, they're doing it in public. <laughs> but... In the middle of this big wedding. In the middle of a wedding. Uh, the dad, Shankar, makes Chaman, the uncle, do something about it. So Chaman is like panicking what's he and supposed to, like he can't do anything you can't do like <sighs> yeah and chaman is like again he's like always with the out of syllabus questions he's yeah. like i'm not prepared for this so so chaman covers them who are they're still making out he covers them with his jacket <laughs> and he starts like praying and getting everyone else in the crowd to pray and acts like uh like makes ritual. up the story that yeah the kiss is, is like a traditional family ritual for good luck that's that's like yeah, oh and, uh, it's like we've been blessed it's a miracle <laughs> and that they're trading uh cardamom seeds with their mouths that's it's yes, not kissing yes. mm. it's a formal kiss it's not a romantic yes yes one. yes yes which is just it's just so funny eventually <laughs> they do stop kissing yeah and once the, they ask are you, are you done now can we go can we go on <laughs> Yep, and then uh, Kartik gets kicked out by the dad, 
And again, the dad is just ordering Chaman around and is like, "You, Chaman, you got to go take Kartik and put him on a train. And Chaman doesn't want to go because this is his daughter's wedding. And he's yeah, like, he's I supposed wanna... to be giving away. Yeah. Yeah, I want to give my daughter away. And Shankar's like, oh, I'll give her away. It doesn't matter. You have to go get rid of Kartik. <laughs> and uh, yeah, Kartik has I feel this... so bad for Shaman. Honestly, he's treated so badly. Yeah. But uh, yeah, Kartik has this whole speech about how like, you may not know this, but we fight many battles every day of our lives. But the battles we fight against our family are the toughest and most dangerous ones. But then like after this whole dramatic thing where... Shaman, who's not following what Kartik is saying at all, is like, can you just record this speech in, like, a voicemail? <laughs> we'll play it back for the whole family later. Can we just go now? <laughs> but then Kartik... I also think, I also think it's interesting that um, he, uh, again, he makes a, a reference uh, to a piece of fiction. He makes a reference to uh, an Indian epic. Um, well, yeah, in, in this case, it's not necessarily uh, in the context of fiction because it's like... Oh, yeah, be, religious. Because, yeah, it's a religious text in in Hinduism. So it's like, yeah, yeah but uh, yeah, he. But he still, references... he has this tendency to make references in in how he talks about uh, him and uh, Aman, and again, any situation he finds himself in, really. Yeah, definitely. He he. Yeah, he makes that comparison. But then the funniest thing to me in this scene, which again, I just Kartik is so good. He he demands them to. He demands money from them. I'm very gay. I would like a few dollars. <laughs> He's like, you know, no matter what the world labels us, we still have to pay for a train ticket. <laughs> and then he's like, also, I'll, you know, I'm going to get hungry on the way. And also, I'll take a little bit extra money here. <laughs> and Chaman ends up being the one giving him money. Cause Sean I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing to, like be the dominant one in, in an interaction where you're the one asking for money. Like, that, that takes a certain amount of talent. It really does. Yeah, but yeah. And then Kartik, as he walks off, he has this whole exchange that I think must be, like, a sex joke that doesn't fully translate. But he has... But this is also the scene oh, where right, he's yeah. calling Shankar Uncle Bro. But he's like, by the way, Uncle Bro, be nice to him. He's your son. He's just like you. And then he, like, flips his scarf around his neck. A hard nut. <laughs> <laughs> Which, Which again, you, I mean, you get what they're getting at. It, it, exactly. Like, yeah. You get the fact that it is a sex joke, but it's like, yeah. it probably makes a slightly more sense in the original language. Yeah, I would imagine. But, yeah. <laughs> and then like, as Kartik is being run off, Amon then shows up and he's like popping these balloons very pointedly. <laughs> and the dad's like, what it's are so you excellent. doing? What are you doing? And Amon is like, they're royal salutes for my father's bravery. <laughs> <laughs> but then all of this drama is upstaged by Goggle riding out of the wedding on a horse. <laughs> just like this whole going, family is just so extra. Just dramatically yes. leaving. Because the whole wedding has been called off because the groom doesn't want to have a gay in-law. So yeah, they, they decided this whole story about it being a ritual, maybe that's not true after all. Yeah, they didn't buy it. So uh, then in the like rickshaw that Kartik and Shaman are taking to the train station, Shaman is like, so when did you decide to you'll be gay? And Kartik is like, when did you decide you're not going to be gay? And and Shaman's like, well, what's there to decide? I was born this way. Hey, wait a second. <laughs> and that's why Shaman is the best family member. It's true. He He figures it out more often, more quickly than the others. 
But yeah, he uh, just he just I mean he does he he doesn't really even like he just seems like a, a type of person who's never really met anyone gay before, so he doesn't really have any frame of reference. So like the minute he's met with it, it's like oh okay, well I guess that makes sense then. Exactly, yeah. But then as as uh as Kartik is getting off at the train station. Again, this continues Kartik being like just really dominant and aggressive in this scenario where even he's yeah. the one being run off because yeah. he, he like basically threatens them and is like, if you hurt Amon, I'm going to hunt you all down and tell Shankar Tripathi, if he wants to play God, I can assert my powers as well. <laughs> Fucking badass. Such a good line. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I also think like it's like one of the things that's so cool about Kartik as a character is that uh, he has that range where um, he's usually like very happy-go-lucky, but he also, um, you know, he makes these threats, and it never—it always, like, it never feels like he loses his cool. Um, it's true; he's very in control the whole time. Yes, which is very cool. But yeah, he does. Also, he has a demeanor that's usually like the sort of demeanor you give a comedic character, but at the same time, it, it works like in his dramatic moments as well. Yeah, he's very capable of being of being dramatic and serious when he needs to, but mm-hmm. also he can be really goofy and just have fun. And he can also be really sweet too, because mm-hmm. in a lot of the romantic moments, he really just looks like Amon, like like a puppy. Like really, he's just like so in love, and it's just all of it comes across in a way where it could be kind of over the top in a way that's almost cartoonish, but like. The actor pulls off this really good balance with it where it ends up yeah. feeling really authentic. Like you believe Yeah, it feels that, like a real person. Yeah. Yeah, you feel you believe that the person Kartik who's this dramatic, like just as a person, like could exist. Like he feels yes. like a real person. Even though he's a, definitely a lot more over the top than like a mon who tends to like downplay things more. Mm. But that is I think it I think the actor does a very good job. Of... I, from what I understand, he's a bit, he's like sort of an icon uh, in uh, in Bollywood. That is understandable because he's yeah. pretty iconic. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of him being iconic, in the next scene <laughs> at the train station, there's a nearby oh, family also waiting for the train. That having... scene gives me so much secondhand embarrassment. It's oh, it's terrible, but also so good because <laughs> the the young son they're having their like their kid repeat a nursery rhyme in English, which is Jack and Jill go up the hill. Uh, but Kartik just being extremely extra, just talks to these random people. And it's like, no, that's the wrong poem. That's not right. The actual version of it is like his version of it is Jack and Johnny went up the hill to live in love and laughter. Jack got thrashed by his dad and Johnny hid soon after. And the dad of this random family, is like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> uh, which Kartik, honestly yeah what are you talking about what, are, what is he talking it, about it, i mean it wasn't romantic in the original version it's not like oh i mean he frames it like uh oh what if uh what if jack uh, wasn't straight what then has anyone asked him and it's like okay Kartik, it wasn't it wasn't a romantic thing in the in the original version yeah i think most i think i've always assumed jack and jill were like siblings or something but you know. <laughs> Who knows? But yeah, he has, he's like, has anyone ever asked Jack who he wants to go with, Jill or Johnny? 
<laughs> and it's just, and this this fam this get, they're just baffled. Eventually, they just leave. And Kartik honestly, keeps, yeah, Kartik keeps repeating his new poem to himself, getting louder and more dramatic each time. <laughs> Until uh-huh. again, Goggle upstages the drama by riding behind him on a horse, and he just spins around. And he's like, what? <laughs> I feel like Goggle and Kartik were made to be in laws. Honestly. Yes, they're both just so good. Yes. And then, like, back back at the ruined wedding, uh, Chaman is trying to argue with Shankar to get him to do something about how Goggle ran off, because they're all clearly worried she's gonna kill herself. But Shankar, like, keeps brushing him off and being like, oh, that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that your daughter ran it's away missing. and is maybe yeah, gonna commit- suicidal. Yeah. Maybe gonna commit suicide. The fact that my son is gay is a much more pressing matter. <laughs> and like, let's deal with the one we actually have access to dealing with, I guess. Yeah. So, so uh, Amon goes into a private room with his mom and dad and uh, argues with his parents about him being in love with Kartik. And like, arguing with his scientist dad, he has all these scientific arguments <laughs> for why it's fine to be gay. Like, talking about how, like, his body just naturally produces all these chemicals like dopamine and other like chemicals that signal happiness. It's and not stuff. me talking. It's the oxytocin. Exactly. <laughs> and uh, through this conversation, uh, again, this, this has another one of those sex jokes that probably doesn't quite translate mm. correctly, but uh, cause it's slightly awkward in English, but he's like, mom, the first time I saw Kartik, it grew big. And everyone's like, what? He's like, my eyes, my eyes grew big. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I remember that's... in an earlier, in an earlier trailer, it was translated differently. It was like, uh, like uh, it popped out or something or they popped out or something. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't really work that well either. But uh... Yeah. It's clearly, it's supposed to be a boner joke, but like, yes one that doesn't fully translate to English but yeah. I, but again that's fine but it it's it comes out in this conversation that both his mom and his dad were in love with different people before they got married and that their theirs was an arranged marriage mm. and uh Shankar like in this argument like is like okay well yes I used to be in love with someone else too but I was in love with a girl a woman and you're in love with a boy a man and mom's like what the what fucking difference does it make? And then they get really shocked that he swore. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, why is the swearing the important thing here? <laughs> but yeah, part of part of his speech, another line I liked from it was like, how do I make my hypothalamus understand that Kartik is a boy and so am I? <laughs> but as yeah, he tries it's like, to- it's like, it's, like, it's very heavy on the whole, well, the dad is a scientist, so you have to explain it scientifically. Yes, and uh, it also, in this scene, also is, like, there's kind of a recurring theme of, of peeing in this movie, where <laughs> where it's like, uh, yes, I'm telling you I'm in love with Kartik, and you're telling me that I'm wrong. What if I told you, what if you needed to pee, and I told you you were wrong about that? Would that make any sense? <laughs> uh, but yeah, there's, uh, he tries to walk off after this argument. And his mom is like, oh, it's okay. We can get you treated. Like, there's medical science is so, is so advanced, advanced nowadays. these days. And he's just like, sure, mom. Your oxytocin signals love and mine signals a disease. And then he walks off. I Which... also think of an interesting thing about uh, this is um, 
uh, I, in one of the interviews I watched, um, Kartik's actor was like, uh, this movie is made for like to convince homophobes to not be homophobic. Um, yeah. And I think like in the context of that, uh, like the way this conversation is laid out makes a lot of sense. Definitely. And uh, just colloquially, I tend to describe like scenes in movies like this as like gay 101, like the very <laughs> basic level arguments about why being gay is fine. But I yeah. don't I don't always mean that as an insult because I think no, no. really well done gay 101 stuff can just can be fun to watch sometimes. It can be refreshing, you know, mm. you don't always necessarily need to be on uh all the super advanced levels of uh, gender and sexuality. Sometimes it's okay to go back to gay 101. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I mean, this isn't like a uh, coming to terms with your sexuality movie either. So it's um, not that there's anything wrong with those, but just uh, it's mostly gay 101 in, in like explaining it to the family. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And then, yeah, back at the train station on, like, a bridge, uh, Goggle is trying to throw herself off the bridge, but the bridge is surrounded by this metal mesh cage, and she's really mad about it. But uh, Kartik has chased after her and is trying to argue with her to get her not to kill herself. And this is where it's revealed that Goggle wears the sunglasses all the time because she has a glass eye, which is part of why no one will marry her. And also, when she was a teenager, her glass eye scared a boyfriend she had so bad that he fell off a terrace and ended up losing his leg. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. But, uh, and then like, he, he, but I think Kartik sort of manages to, to convince her that, Hey, uh, why is getting married so important to you? You weren't even really in love with this person. What are you doing? Yeah, definitely. And, uh, Kartik also tells Goggle that she shouldn't kill herself because she has a great family to support her. So what does it matter if she gets married? And mm. that when he first met their family, he realized that that was also the family he wanted to marry into because he just thinks they're all so cool and great, even though they've been so mean to him this whole time. Yeah. <laughs> but he like wants to be part of this family too, which again, you get the sense that since Kartik doesn't really have his own family, like family is something that he really misses he out on and, and wishes that he had, you know? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, again, I also think an interesting thing about Kartik is he's very firm with his boundaries and he's very like he's not going to take any shit. But at the same time, he's also very generous uh, in in how he like again because he's like, oh, they're so great people, even though they've been treating him like shit. Yeah, absolutely. He like he like has this ability to separate certain actions and beliefs, mm. which. He's like, yes, they're wrong on this thing, but I like them otherwise. Like, clearly yeah, yeah, they're yeah. wrong about me and about their homophobia and stuff like that, but I like them otherwise. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't seem to have a, a problem with separating those things. But yeah, Goggle at this point is like, well, if you love him so much, why are you running away and leaving them all alone? And Again, the running thing again? Again, yep, the running thing. And we find out Goggle's pretty much known Amon was gay since they were kids, and she's mm. cool with it. And uh, so Kartik and Goggle plan their uh, dramatic re-entrance. So they're both going to go back together. And <laughs> meanwhile, Amon's father is like half-heartedly threatening to hang himself to manipulate Amon into giving up Kartik and marrying Kasum. And it's a pretty funny scene because like he's because like the mom is like, Kartik! Uh, no, the mom is like, Amon, Amon, you have to come. 
like, because your dad's going to kill himself. It's the worst thing. And the, there's this whole crowd around. They're like, oh, my I'm gosh. Like, what's going on? And she's like, don't worry about it. It's a personal matter. It'll be, matter. It'll be over in two minutes. Don't worry about it. Keep putting all this. But then he's like, come on. You have to come. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, it's, it's really like the sort of like absurdity of like in in it reminds me a bit of like uh, Pride and Prejudice in in that sense, like the the whole absurd big family thing. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, and then at this point, yeah, we know that uh, Amon's being pressured to marry Kasum. Kartik and Goggle are on their way back, and that's when you get the intermission, which you don't really get in Western movies. So that's interesting that there's an no, intermission I've... in it. I guess the last ones was like in a lot of the Rings movies. Yeah, yeah, I guess you're right. But yeah, it's just not a common thing in Western films. I think it's more common in Bollywood films. Yeah, but... and I, I mean, I think it, it used to be more, uh, more common in Western films. But yeah, yeah, these days, like if if Western films, if they're too long, they just won't really show them in theaters much. <laughs> <laughs> but then again, you also have the trend of like super long movies, but they don't give you an in- interval. It's true. Well, and even actually for, even compared to a lot of Western movies, this movie is only about two hours long. It's not even yeah. that long. No, it's not, it's not, just, not that bad. No. It's just different cultural standards of whether yeah, or not yeah, yeah. you expect an intermission. So coming back from the intermission, we have the family leaving the hotel they've been staying in the next day. And Shankar is still... Uh, refusing to do anything to go try to find Goggle and is actually starts referring to her in the past tense. <laughs> like, assuming she's already dead. <laughs> Which is pretty dark if you think about it. Yeah. And again, really awful to Chaman. who's like, can we please? But yeah, and, and like, the mom who's like, uh, uh, Goggle's mom, who's just like really upset. Exactly. But Shankar's still only worried about Amon being gay and how it affects the whole family's reputation. So they yeah. need to find some sort of miracle cure together. Uh, at this point, so there's this younger relative of theirs who, at least I think he's their relative. I've never yeah. quite been able to make sense of how he's related to them. But uh, No, like, I, I was like, maybe he's Goggle's a younger uh, brother, but I don't think that's it. I think he's just a cousin or something. Yeah, because he calls, he calls both sets of parents aunt and uncle. But that's mm. also, I think, culturally just what yes. people call any yes. older man or woman. So yes. I thought maybe he even could just be someone who works for the family or he could be some distant relative. Oh, no, because uh, uh, he's listed with their surname. Um... Oh, okay. So he's a distant relative somehow. Yeah. But anyway. And I think first... he's probably a cousin of something. Yeah, his first name is Keshov, but he's like mm. this younger guy. But he, he interrupts to say that he was like, oh, actually, I was Googling it. And it, here it clearly says that being gay isn't a disease. And Shankar just <laughs> yells at him. And it's like, who do you agree with? Uh, Google or us? Whose side are you on? <laughs> and again, in, uh, in the interview, um, another thing, uh, another thing uh, Kartik's actor said was like, well, this, I mean, this movie is, like, for the uncles and, the, like, the boomers and stuff. Like, they're the ones with the problem. The younger generation doesn't have a problem. So I think he's, like, the, like, he's in there to, like, be, well, the young, younger generation are fine with it. They are, they're fine. They'll, uh, they'll deal with it. It's the older generation that's the problem. Yes, definitely. So then they get on a bus to take, that's going to take them home. And uh, 
there's a bit of a like montage and they watch a news clip that on Kashav's tablet that says that the protests in their hometown have gotten so violent that a curfew has been issued. And uh, then eventually they stop at like a rest stop and everyone gets off the bus except for Kasum and Aman. And uh, like off of the bus, Shankar and Shaman have both gone off to pee and they get in an argument. <laughs> While they're peeing. While they're peeing. Uh, during this argument, we find out that Goggle lost her eye because of some accident with Shankar and an air gun. <laughs> so it's like Shankar's fault that she lost her eye. So and, Shank- then, and then they start arguing about like who uh, who introduced who to porn and like oh, but uh, uh, clearly a man is only gay because he watched the porn you had. But oh no, that's straight porn. Yeah, but that guy's in straight porn and oh, exactly. Yeah, and. Uh, but then back on the bus, uh, this is like, this is one of my favorite moments in the movie because we get the revelation of what's really going on with oh, Kasum. And she's been like just this perfect, demure, like ideal feminine woman this whole time with like almost nothing going on, like meant, like set up as like a total airhead. But then mm-hmm. like when you find out what's like really going on with her, she like, she has this whole thing to Amon. She's like, she's really glad to find out that he's gay. Because she's actually in love with someone else. And she tells him all about this guy that he's in love with. She's in love with. He's like, he's a really simple guy. He steals cars for a living. In fact, <laughs> he's also accused of a murder. But love is blind, you know? <laughs> she's such a great character. She's so good. She's so, like, blasé about it. She, like, doesn't yeah, care yeah. that this guy is, is Oh, but he said he didn't do it, so. He said he didn't do the murder. So it's fine. It doesn't matter. <laughs> but, but he yeah, belongs she, 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 uh, yeah he's, he's just like oh he's from a different cast so my parents don't want me to marry him which I also yeah. think is like I mean a clear parallel to, to like gay people not being allowed to get married yeah definitely And uh, but she doesn't want to elope with him because she really really wants all of the jewelry she'll get as wedding <laughs> gifts you gotta love that this like blindly uh, like greedy character it's just like perfect it's just, you just love to see it. It's just beautiful. Yeah. And I also think, like, you so often see, uh, like, in, in uh, like, stories uh, with, uh, like, a gay couple uh, where the villain is always, like, some girl who is interested in one of them. And I think it's, like, pretty cool that she gets to, like, be just a character that has her own thing going on and, it, like, her own agenda and she's not really that interested. So it's oh, not yeah. like this evil woman who's going to tear them apart or whatever. Definitely. Because, yeah, she's not invested in this marriage at all. She wants it to happen <laughs> because her plan is like, she's like, okay, so if we get married, it'll get our parents off our back. And then we can just both move to Delhi and then just live with our respective partners <laughs> instead. Yeah. And everyone will leave us alone. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, and then like when the people are coming back to the bus, uh, She's like, okay, so, oh, they're coming back. You have to give me an answer. Yes or no? Yes or no? And he's like, no. And she's like, oh, that means yes. <laughs> if a girl's <laughs> refusal is assumed to be her consent, the same applies to you as well. <laughs> Which is just an amazing line. It's so good. Uh, oh. I love Kasum. <laughs> She's so great. And I think that's the other thing about this movie. Like, uh, like all, all the, like, even the side characters just, like, have such great characterization. They really do. They're all just so fun. Like, I love Goggle, too. Such characters, yeah. Oh, they're all so good. But yeah, so then they finally arrive back home, 
And the the plan that Amon's parents have come up with is they're going to do this whole ritual, like, funeral and rebirth for Amon in attempt to, like, cure him of being gay. Because he'll be reborn as a man. Yes, he'll and be a man again. They're going to rename him uh, Chandravadan is the new name they're going to give him. And they, yeah, they have this whole, like, fake funeral for him and stuff. And then, like, during this ridiculous uh, thing, Goggle shows back up. She just comes in, like, there's a knock on the door and everyone's, like, scared. And she comes in and everyone's like, oh, Goggle's here. Thank (laughs) God you're okay. She's so mad. No one ever even bothered to look for her. And uh, I mean, honestly, (laughs) wouldn't you be a bit offended? Yeah, absolutely. And Shankar's like, oh, well, I mean, we knew you'd be okay, even though, like, he was just acting like she was already dead. (laughs) He's such an asshole. He's such an asshole. But she's like, what the fuck is going on? Because she notices, like, the funeral picture of Amon and is like, what happened? And they're like, no, no, he's okay. He's over there. And they, like, explain what they're doing to her. And she just laughs at them. (laughs) Yeah. But then she's like, oh, but, the, you know, the source of all your problems is up there. And this, like, music starts playing and they search for the source of it. And Shankar is like, sees this pigeon and is yeah, convinced it must be the pigeon. that the pigeon was put there by Kartik somehow. He's like, oh, this has to, Kartik has to be on it. And he orders Chaman to go catch the pigeon. <laughs> but Chaman, after that argument, Chaman is now standing up for himself more. So he's like, no, I'm not going to do that. But Shankar catches it himself and he's very proud. And he's like, I did it. Now we'll get him. But then the camera pans up, and here's Kartik's real dramatic entrance. He's fucking iconic. <laughs> Which Kartik is on the balcony, and he's shirtless with a pride flag tied around his neck like a cape, <laughs> holding a megaphone. <laughs> he's he's living his best life, honestly. He is. He's just going for it. <laughs> And honestly, goes, if life gives you a chance to be this dramatic, I, I say take it. Honestly, yeah, absolutely. Why not? And he delivers <laughs> this—he delivers this whole dramatic speech about how Shankar is sick with a terrible disease, homophobia, <laughs> and repeats it like three times. Oh yeah, which the uh, then the young guy Kishav gets the joke of like, oh, sounds like a Dolby surround sound disease because. <laughs> <laughs> repetition but yeah he has this whole speech it's like uh, unfortunately this is not a killer disease but the diseased man becomes a killer like a zombie yes (laughs) and then like after this whole speech Shankar is like you just you stay here Kartik and goes to basically just to grab a stick to beat him up with but Kartik's like pretty casual about the whole thing he's like uh, I hope he doesn't own a gun. If he does, I have a few last wishes you could fulfill for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> also so like, I really gotta pee. Again, <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> it's the peeing thing showing up again. Oh, good. God, I, I hadn't even thought about that. Right? Uh, but I but, feel like I feel like the thing again is like, the idea that he's pretty used to getting beat up, so it's not like, like to him, it's a pretty normalized thing. Uh, yeah. And like, he thinks it's, I mean, I feel like the implication is he thinks it's better that he's the one to get beat up the, than a man. Yeah, and it's obvious that, like, he expected that to happen when he came mm. back. Like, it, like he did this whole dramatic entrance, like, sort of expecting this result. So, uh, but yeah. I feel Kart- like this is probably the, the place in the movie where I feel like there's a lot of cultural nuance that's, you know, oh. that's uh, 
hard to get, uh, if you don't know the culture. Definitely, for sure. And, uh, like, Kartik tries to get Amon to leave because he's like, Amon's a softy, and it's like, hey, will you be able to watch me get beat up? And, and Amon says he's going to stay and uh, tells Kartik that he better stand his ground now that he's come back. And everyone's, like, kind of upset and trying to stop Shankar when he comes back with the stick. And Shankar just beats Kartik. And which Kartik And takes. they're not really trying that hard to stop him. Then was yeah. like, are you sure you need to do this? But then they don't really do anything about it. Yeah, they're just kind of like, no, please. But they don't actually, like, do anything. Yeah. But uh, Kartik, like, takes the takes it all really bravely. Like, he's, like, just gonna sit there and take it. And mm. even when Shankar drops the stick, Kartik, like, picks it up and hands it back to him. Which, honestly, <laughs> is kind of badass. But <laughs> I mean, it is a power move. I'll give it's- him that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, for sure. And uh, eventually, you know, Kartik holds out his arms to Amon, but Amon, who's running, like, instead of running to Kartik, he runs away up the stairs, and Kartik gets hit a few more times, and then, like, he, like, puts his head under, like, a spigot to, like, wash his head in water, and then is like, my sexuality is my sexuality, none of your sexuality, and then he passes out. (laughs) Listen, he needed to get his statement in before he passed out. He it, needed... it was like it was like you last night with the like getting your opinion out about transhumanism before you <laughs> sat down and watched this movie. He needed to get it out before he passed out. It's true. I may or may not have some things in common with Kartik. <laughs> <laughs> Kartik's definitely the kind of person who really just needs to say what he's gotta say. Yes. <laughs> but uh then there's a bit of a time skip, and Kartik's still unconscious, and Shankar thinks he's faking it, and Shaman's like, you know, if there's a police case, I'll be your lawyer, <laughs> even though he doesn't actually have a law degree. And Keshov again tries to explain from his internet research, like, the difference between gender and sexuality, and how it's all a spectrum, and Shankar just breaks his tablet. <laughs> yeah, it's like, don't anyone fucking say the word sex again. I don't want to hear the word sex. Yep. And uh, Amon has locked himself in his room at this point, and they start getting worried he might have committed suicide, and they start making jokes about how just everyone seems to be threatening to commit suicide left and right here. (laughs) (laughs) Again, like, I feel like this family is just, like, dramatic in general. Like, the apple didn't fall far from the tree. Yeah, because, like, again, in the scene, they have a whole argument where Goggle's arguing with her mom about marriage, and she ends up declaring that actually she doesn't want to get married at all. And Which uh, I feel like is a result of her conversation with Kartik, to be honest. Yeah, definitely. And they have, like, a conversation about, like, property rights and all this. Again, all just <laughs> old family stuff that gets yes, old popped shoes. up yeah. every time they have an argument about anything else. And then, like, the mom screams, and they all run up to see what happened because they're worried Amon's dead. But actually, Amon has just written a contract saying that he'll marry, Kas- like, promising to marry Kasum if they promise not to hurt Kartik anymore. Mm. Which, like, obviously isn't what Kartik would want, but Amon no. is, like, sees this he's as He's really his upset one- at this point. Yeah. yeah, he sees this as his one solution. Mm. Uh, his one way to get out of this. And so the next day, they're setting up for this last second wedding that will have to take place entirely on their property because of this curfew. And Kartik approaches Amon, who's getting ready for the wedding, and they have an argument about it because Amon is trying to explain that, oh, it would just be a fake marriage. But Kartik is pointing out that, like, 
they'll still be expected by their relatives to have kids. And it's like, oh, are you going to be able to perform that way? And mm-hmm. says that if Amon tries to fool everyone else, he'll ultimately be the one who's fooled. And Yeah. And I think it's, I mean, I feel like um, in a different story that would have been the happy ending or maybe in a, maybe in a movie that was made before, the, like uh, like 10 years ago or something, maybe that would have been the happy ending, you know? Yeah, yeah. But yeah, Kartik in this whole scene, this is a really f- funny joke to me. He keeps repeatedly getting Kasum's name wrong. And every time he does, Amon is like yelling at him, her name is Kasum. And then when uh, Keshav yells from like way far away, that like, hey, come on, Amon, the bride's ready. Kartik yells back, her name is Kasum. <laughs> but he hasn't gotten it right any other time. But yeah, yeah, Kartik delivers this whole dramatic, final dramatic speech about how Amon should stand up for himself and it's like your dad's ready for a fight, but you're not ready to fight him back. And it seems and again, like we get this uh, fiction comparison, like uh, like your dad is the like villain of this piece. He's ready to be the villain. Uh, are you ready to be the hero? Like um, it's not often you get to be a hero. Do you want to be a hero or a bystander? Yeah, yeah. And it's clear that they're like probably gonna break up over this. Like Kartik doesn't mm. seem willing to be like the boyfriend to a married man. Right. Also, um, a bit earlier, uh, something um, I thought was interesting is um, basically the mom says, what did you expect coming back? Uh, you are the one who changed. We stayed the same. And I think that's like, because a lot of the drama we see is, the, is basically ch- changes in the family dynamic that has been caused or, or like um, initiated by uh like a man coming back and they having been having changed and uh, them finding finding out he's gay and stuff, uh, so like that change just causes this whole uh, wave of changes throughout the family. Yeah, definitely, and it's clear that a lot of this stuff has been under the surface the whole time. Because again, mm-hmm. Amon was yeah. gay the whole time. It's just that it's just come out that he's gay now and all of this Mm. other stuff that was conflicts that were also under the surface in their family are all now coming to the surface and becoming like immediate problems because all this stuff all this stuff is coming out but uh uh so basically Kartik says that he'll stay to see Amon get married but then he's leaving after that and Mm. uh so then there's another time skip and the mom and dad are in a room having a conversation because like on the back of the contract that uh cart that Amon wrote uh it was a newspaper article about this Indian Supreme Court decision about making uh whether homosexuality is going to remain illegal or if that part is going to be struck down and uh that's happening basically the next day like that's immediately that's <laughs> the what's going to happen and so the mom tries to get the dad to run away because if the Supreme Court decides homosexuality is legal, then he could go to jail for having beaten up Kartik. <laughs> uh, the dad tries to say that the mom would be implicated too, but she has this whole hilarious defense about how it's like, well, you know, I'm just the mom. I, I'll just say I was in the kitchen cooking and I didn't see any of it happen. I'm just a helpless woman. I didn't yes. know anything about that. I had to give up and my uh, studies to get married. I don't know anything about any of and this. And you know, you know how emotional mothers are. Exactly. It's like, you think dads just run on batteries? <laughs> well, you seem to. Yes. And they end up also arguing about how they're both still caught up on these old loves that they had before they got married. 
And Which again is like an old thing, like being brought into the light by all that exactly. stuff. Yeah, yeah. And eventually, like after this argument, the mom is like, we're ruining his life. We're forcing him to mm. live a life he doesn't want, just like us. And we're bad people. And the dad has this argument. It's like, oh, we're not bad people. And we're not also good. We're also not good people. We're just people. Which, Which I f- honestly think is how a lot of like homophobes think about themselves. Yeah. And I think it's really interesting because on one level, you can see how it's a compelling argument. Because I mm. think that's true for like most people in the world. I think most people aren't really necessarily good or bad people. Like they can't be reduced to that. They're right, just people. Right. But in this case, the dad is using that as an excuse to be like and it's also like like actions can be good or bad right and the yeah. action that's taking right now is a bad action yeah but he's using this as an excuse to be like well anyone else would do it essentially is what mm, he's saying mm. it's like well people just do this sort of thing anyone else would do it so that doesn't make us worse than anyone else so it's fine that we're doing this bad thing which is not a good way to excuse your actions no <laughs> Uh, then, yeah, we get a little bit of a shot of, like, the wedding, which, uh, again, is just happening in their own courtyard. Kartik is dramatically and judgmentally watching Amon from a distance <laughs> as Amon the goes sulking. through. Yeah, these pre-wedding rituals riding around on, like, a pony, basically. <laughs> and uh, Kashav is trying to get people to start dancing for the wedding perception. Goggle just straight up slaps him. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, finally, Kartik goes off for a while and he comes back and he confronts Shankar with one of his black cauliflowers and is like, this is your science. And he tears it open and shows that it's full of worms, which like which the whole- was the exact thing. Yeah. Yeah. The whole point of the black cauliflower was that it was supposed to be resistant to worms. But he's like, and these worms are your nature. So let me mm. see if there is any science that can change your son's nature congratulations mm. on the wedding so it's like you've failed to change the nature of cauliflower let's see with your science let's see if you can mm. change the nature of your son with this stupid wedding <laughs> so and uh, i mean i think i feel like the whole thing is uh, you know it's a symbol of how stubborn he is and like his old ways of thinking and stuff because he sees yeah. himself as this like very rational person yes absolutely and uh, so then Kartik is going to leave at this point. So he goes to Amon's room to get his stuff so he can just go. And he finds a letter from Kasum. And again, I just, I fucking love Kasum. <laughs> Kasum is so good. Because She's this, so amazing. The, the, basically, the gist of this letter is that Kasum has run away and stolen all the jewelry. <laughs> <laughs> good luck with the wedding. See ya. <laughs> That was all she wanted anyway. She's like, I tricked yeah, them yeah, all. I, mean. I got the jewelry and now I'm running off to be with my true love, the car thief, <laughs> who's been I accused kiss. of murder. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Kartik is delighted by this revelation, as are all of the viewers. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Kartik is all of us in that scene. <laughs> uh, so then Goggle is sent up to get the bride because they're ready for the wedding. And here uh, we find out that Kartik has just dressed up in the bride's outfit <laughs> and is hiding his face with the veil. <laughs> and, like, Goggle finds this out. And, like, Kartik is like, if something happens out there, will you please save me? And Goggle's like, if you get to the end of the ceremony alive, I will give you $100. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> she's like, this is going to go terribly. But I'm going like to... if, like, obviously something is going to go wrong. Like, yeah. what are you imagining? Yeah. 
But it's really funny that Goggle is so convinced this is going to go horribly, but also still goes <laughs> along with it. <laughs> I mean, these two characters, like, again, they were just made to, to like, be good friends. Oh, extremely. Uh, so they actually managed to get partway through the wedding ceremony when the dad, who's, like, really suspicious, Shankar, uh, insists on, he starts insisting on lifting the bride's veil. And everyone is scandalized because the bride isn't supposed to show her face until after the wedding. So everyone's like super offended. And he's like, no, listen, I just need to lift her veil. And everyone's like, please, what? No, you can't. You can't. The mom's even like, here, I'll put a veil over my face and you can lift my veil if you need to lift a veil so bad. But he's like, no, no, I need to see who this bride is. But so Kartik starts running and, uh, uh, Goggle tells everyone how Kasum ran away and stole the jewelry, and it's revealed that, you know, it, uh, the bail comes off and it's Kartik. And, uh, like, Shankar. Mom is more upset about the jewelry than anything else. Oh, yeah, it's true. <laughs> She's like, oh, that was all my jewelry. And the it's aunt like, is it's like, it's real gold. And the aunt is like, this is why I've always said fake jewelry is best. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, like, Shankar tells Shaman to catch Kartik, and Shaman's like, I'm not going to do that. But Shankar is like, I'll give you half the property. So, like, again, the property arguments are coming up. Yeah, it. yeah, yeah. Uh, finally, Kartik is caught. Uh, Amon finally confronts his father. He's like, you know, at this point, he's like, fuck it. Like, I'm just, I really am going to be the hero now, and I'm going to stand up to you because he's like has this whole speech about like look at all these guests these are the people you're trying to impress they're laughing at you right now they're not laughing at me and Kartik mm, yeah. like you're the one who looks ridiculous here and uh which I think is partially also talking about the audience oh yeah probably yeah that makes a lot of sense but Kartik also ends up joining in this conversation and again this is another instance of where Kartik is like really understanding because Amon's like really mad that they can't understand and Kartik's like well of course they can't understand our love because they haven't seen any love like ours before they're familiar with love stories like Romeo and Juliet but they haven't seen anything like us but then Amon like again being surprisingly bold is like come on Kartik and like tries to get (laughs) um the like guy to like continue the wedding and Kartik, who's like completely like hard eyes at this point, he's like, "Oh, but you haven't even proposed to me yet." <laughs> and like Amon is like, "Oh, watch carefully, because this kind of wedding will become more common in the coming years." But the the like the like uh, wedding officiate won't perform the marriage. He's like, "I'm not going to do this kind of marriage," and uh, so they just kind of do their own sort of makeshift wedding but I also ceremony. Think, uh, Kartik is like. Uh... Oh, but a marriage is between two souls, right? And souls don't have genders, so why can't you do it? Yeah, yeah, that was a good line. Yeah. yeah so they so they kind of just sing a song while going or walking around the fire to do sort of their own sort of makeshift wedding ceremony. And then uh, at this point, cops show up to arrest them for being gay. Oh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> which again, like it makes it 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 works for the movie, but I'm not sure that's how it works. Yeah, it's probably, if it's like, if it's, because normally I with mean, those kinds of laws, it's like gay sex that's illegal. Right, not... this was uh, like, I think it, the, the law is like, um, like act, sexual acts against na- the order of nature. Yeah, which is, yeah. I mean, that's the wording in a lot of the, the laws from that period. Um, which again, it's, it's, it's the sex. It's not holding hands. Yeah, if it's they, not. I mean, I think you could like, 
I don't think in like at that point in time, but I don't think there was points in time where he could be arrested for that because the assumption would be that you were about to have sex, which would be illegal. Yeah. But I yeah. don't think you would like rush into someone's home like, oh no, the gays seize them. Exactly. Because it's not just calling yourself gay that's illegal. It's like... No, exactly. <laughs> but uh, but it's it's funny. Like, at first, the, the mom tries to get the dad to do something about it, but he won't. So the mom's like, well, just take him away again, because I guess the dad won't even fight for it. But the dad does eventually, like, put up sort of a weak fight to be like, oh, you know, this is a family matter. Just let us handle it. But this is when Uncle Shaman steps the fuck up. Yes! Lawyer time, baby! Shaman saves the day. <laughs> gonna be the family lawyer. He's yes. really fun because he's so like dramatic and like certain and extra in this scene. It's so much fun. Yes. He's like, okay, being gay is a crime. But how can you prove they're gay? <laughs> how do you know they're gay? He high fives <laughs> Kartik at this point. Yeah, Kartik and Amanda, like, they, they, they turn away from each other like, oh, no, oh, yeah, totally. not holding hands. I mean, go, no, no. We're not gay, not us. And no. So the cops bring out Kasum, which you find out the reason they're there is because they caught Kasum with all the jewelry she was stealing. <laughs> and Kasum attempted to throw them under the bus as a way of getting herself out of trouble. But Chaman is like, okay, so she was stealing jewelry. She's not a reliable witness. Have you seen them doing anything gay? Yeah, tell me what gay shit you've seen them doing. How will you prove this in court? And, then, and he's like, and then my next argument if two men choose to hold hands or do whatever in their bedroom, who are we to object? And everyone claps. It's a legitimate everyone claps. Yeah, situation. everyone claps, bro. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, even uh. he, he even kind of corners the dad into agreeing because he, he steps up. He's like, that's right. Uh, it's their choice. Um, but the cop is like, but I mean, the law is the law. And Shaman is like, okay, but that law literally might change tomorrow. So you can come back tomorrow after the Supreme Court has decided and maybe arrest them then. But the cops won't leave because they're like, well, the accused might run away. So they basically just invite the cops to stay the yeah, night. They just stay for the wedding, uh, <laughs> not wedding anymore uh, party, I guess. Just hang out for this party while we wait to see if it's going to continue to be illegal to be gay or not. <laughs> Very normal situation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's every Friday night, honestly. But yeah, there's a funny exchange too where the where Shankar, the dad, is like, "Oh well, he, why don't you stay and like have some of these snacks that we have?" And yeah, the cops like, "Black oh, cauliflower uh, flakes." Yeah, he's like, "We're on we're on duty, so it's definitely not allowed." And he's like, "It's black cauliflower I'm offering you, not black money." <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yeah, that's a good line. But so then there's another song, and there's sort of a montage of events here to like wrap up all of the different. Uh, subplots so Kartik and Amon hug uh, Kasum returns the jewelry while crying but the mom ends up giving it back to her and it's like you should just keep it and Goggle does like this little wedding ceremony just with herself which I think is really sweet yeah uh, yeah yeah uh, she's gone from like being desperate to get married to someone who's like she doesn't like who she has no relationship to to being like well I guess I'm not getting married that's fine yeah, but she still gets to have that little moment where people yeah, get to yeah, like yeah. celebrate her and throw flower yeah, petals yeah. at her and stuff. So get get like, the attention she wasn't getting in the uh, beginning of the movie. Exactly. And then Shankar goes up to his lab and discovers that all of his black cauliflower is infested with worms. So basically his whole thing is just a total failure. And uh, then they watch the Supreme Court announcement so that 
which is the decision is of course that being gay will no longer be a crime so lots of there's lots of hugs and handshakes all around and the cops leave they're not going to arrest him and like oh like in the back somewhere shankar burns all of his cauliflowers dramatically and sadly (laughs) which again i think is like the whole uh like his old way of thinking burning yeah definitely and he's saying that like his whole it kind of goes to show that his whole way of thinking has been a failure this whole time Mm. so he really has to change now because uh clearly his approach to everything has been wrong from the start exactly uh and then uh shankar like it's a while later and kartik and aman are leaving to like go back to the city together and shankar follows them on his like his motorbike and offers to give them a ride to the train station and which which is a sweet thing to do it's like clearly an olive branch but kartik still has to be extremely extra so kartik (laughs) kartik insists that he gets to drive he won't ride on the back but shankar so shankar ends up letting him and then at the station shankar has this whole speech to aman uh being like oh i don't know if i'll ever actually understand this but don't let me stop you from living your life to the fullest go ahead and live your life son and they have this hug Mm. that's really sweet and kartik is like testing out like calling him papa and shankar's like i don't know but the the way he gets him to to allow him to do it is basically like saying a more formal version of it and he'd be like oh i mean i guess papa is better than that (laughs) yeah he's like i guess it's fine then but yeah so uh kartik eventually also runs back and hugs shankar before they leave and they're like all crying and it's really sweet because it's clear that it means a lot to kartik to have even a reluctant father figure in his life you know i feel like the thing with the motorbike was also like i mean a very like that son kind of uh interaction yes yeah yeah, and Kartik is just, like, clearly really happy to have any sort of a father and any sort of family, yeah. you know, which is really sweet. But yeah. uh, then they deliver a final monologue that's, again, bringing it full circle to that beginning scene where they were running for a train, because they're running for a train again. And they have this whole monologue about how they're still running for love and talks about, like, all how all these people might be running for their own loves, like, talking, like, pairs of people with just, like two women's names or two men's names and uh like finally uh kartik is the one who gets on the train first this time and reaches his hand back to like grab a mon's hand to help him onto the train and that's like the final full circle thing yeah which is very sweet and yes, then yes. and then during the credits we get one final dance number which is just really fun it's, it's this- so fun it's this really campy 70s disco style everything. Everything's sparkly. It's like all of the characters from it, but like, yeah, dressed up in these different outfits. And it's this love song that like, it's not translated in the in the uh, subtitles, but I did look up the translation at one point. I don't remember it super well anymore, but it's something about like my love being worth more than gold or something. But I think it might be a, a cover. Um, I think I saw some references to that in, in some of the YouTube comments. That would make sense. Yeah, but yeah, so it, it, it might would... be like an older song or something. That would make sense. Yeah, so it's really sweet, basically. Mm. And that's the movie. Yay! Any final thoughts on different themes or parts that you like about it or things that you didn't like about it or... I mean, honestly, I like all of it. Um, again, I think the throwing up thing is the only thing I'm kind of iffy on 
just because that sort of like very visual reaction, uh, disgust reaction is always. I mean, um, like it's something that was popularized in the Crying Game, I think, uh, with the trans character. Ah, uh, uh, yeah. So I mean, it's not a big thing, but it is a thing. Like, yeah, I don't know if it's always the best way to show what you're trying to show. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Like, it does sort of match the tone of this whole yeah. movie being kind of over the top. But yeah, also I see that. I'm like, eh, come on, guy. <laughs> yeah. Like, come on. Yeah, I, I think I think the tone helps it not be too bad. Um, like, because again, it, it fits in in that sense. But yeah, that's the only thing because everything else, I'm just like loving this movie. Yeah, overall, it's just a really fun movie. Kartik is a total icon. Yes. He, he definitely has ADHD. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's why we relate to him so much. <laughs> it's true. Uh, for listeners who may not know, we both have ADHD as well. So, you just you love to see a gay ADHD icon. Honestly. <laughs> and yeah, him being so dramatic and extra the whole time is just so much fun to watch. You just, you love to see it. And then all of the other characters in the side side plots... The black cauliflower thing is so funny to me, and it's so fun to watch the asshole dad have, like, his whole life's work just fail. (laughs) (laughs) And the entire side plot with Kasum is so funny. Kasum is such a... I think, again, one of the brilliant things about this movie is taking a very typical time of character and then twisting it a bit to make it absurd, uh, which then just makes it really funny. Yeah, definitely. Because she could, she could just have been that typical, uh, like the girl your parents want you to marry character. But then they make her like the little, like the instigator of the the uh, climax of the movie, even. Yeah, absolutely. It's so good. And then, yeah, I think part of why this movie is so fun and compelling to watch is also that so many of the side characters are so endearing. Like you just mm. end up really liking most of them. Like, so even the fact that one of the main characters, the dad, is so unlikable for so much of it, it's still watchable because most of the people surrounding him, you really like anyway. Like, like the uncle is a really endearing character. You end up really liking him and, like, being really happy for his triumph when he has this little lawyer moment at the end. (laughs) Yeah, and again, uh, this whole thing of, of, um, like, the whole family dynamic changing because Arman comes back with this change yes. uh, and, and how it just makes life better for all of them uh, which I think is even a deeper point like well if if uh, we allow gay people to be open maybe we allow all of us to be open you know yeah that's a really good point because it's true that like there was all this conflict that was stuck under the surface that was making all of them this whole family miserable and mm-hmm. when all of that gets brought to the surface and gets actually dealt with, like, they do end up in a much happier, better place, all of them, by the end of the movie than they were at the beginning. And, yeah, yeah. The, the only one who isn't happier is the dad. And he needed to move on anyway, because, like, even if, if this hadn't happened, the black cauliflower thing was going to come to, like, it has already come to a point that, uh, where it's not, like, he can't keep doing this. Yeah, and, like, the position of control he had over the whole family mm. that was making all of them miserable also was was not sustainable and not a good place for him to be in. So having him, like, right. taken down a peg or two in terms of, like, both 
his own pride and also the control that he asserts over everyone else is definitely a good thing. Yeah, and it's very satisfying to watch. Oh, extremely. <laughs> yeah, anyway, so in conclusion, really fucking good movie. Please go watch it if you haven't yet. <laughs> I also have all the songs stuck in my head now because I've been listening to them today. Yeah, they're good songs. It's good music. Yeah. And, like, good dance numbers. Yeah, like, again, the, my favorite one is the, the one at the wedding where Kartik is being a sexy and extra. Me too. I was about to say, like, even if you don't watch the full movie, go look up just that music video. Yes. Where he's dancing at the wedding and they end up kissing at the end because it's yeah. so good. It's, it's so, so much cool. fun. I, I rewatch that really often. <laughs> it's it's incredible. The 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 song in, in, in the train is also really fun, just because it's Katzik is having so much fun and he's just like vibing with the whole family. Honestly, yeah. Part of why this movie is so much fun to watch is because of that energy that Kartik brings. Where it's like, right? Yeah, he he's the one who in the movie goes through some of the most difficult stuff. Like he's the one who gets beaten up and stuff. But also, he's the one who's having the most fun. Like any moment where he's not actively being attacked by someone, he's just having a good time. <laughs> he's just really willing to go out there and party and enjoy. Himself. Yeah, yeah, and just make the best of the moment. Yeah, and it's. It's a joy to watch. Like, watching him have yeah. fun makes you feel, like, that same sense of fun. Um, and joy, yeah. It's a really enjoyable. Yeah. Kartik is And again, best. I think that's, that's, like, again, why he feels like such a... Like, he feels like a character that would, could very easily have been done very poorly, but it's done so well. Yeah, exactly. But, so, uh, just before also, we... Oh, go ahead. <laughs> Um, also, like, I think I think that's uh, very refreshing about this is um, I'm so used to seeing stuff where, like, one of the guys, or both of them even, uh, are, like, really concerned about the masculinity um, and, like, really adamant about the whole, well, being gay doesn't mean you have to be feminine in any way kind of thing. And, I mean, Kazik does definitely doesn't care. Oh, yeah, definitely. And Amon doesn't seem to care really either no. about that specific element of it, which yeah, that is definitely nice to see. I yeah. saw people commenting on um, doing the uh, when uh, Kartik is dressed up as the bride, he has um, Mendy uh, on his hands, which apparently is um, mostly something uh, women use. Ah, that is. So cool. that was a, yeah, yeah, that is good to see. Yeah, the, this is, again, just a completely random thought, but I also just really like just... Kartik and Amon just both have really good looks anyway. Yes. <laughs> Kartik has some cool tattoos, and I love Amon's earring. I love a single earring look. Kartik's <laughs> <laughs> uh, nose ring is cool as well. Yes, it's just good shit, you know? Yeah. But... It also, it, honestly, it's just also really great to see non-Western fashion sometimes. Oh yeah, definitely. Because it's just different, and I mean, the the mix of um, traditional and uh, modern, more westernized stuff also often makes for really interesting looks. Yeah, definitely, I agree. Yeah. Um, before we sign off, I figured I'd also just mention some, you know, recent stuff in gay movie news, because <laughs> I'm like that. Uh, I watch so much stuff. I've got to mention things. <laughs> 
You're basically uh, a newsreel for gay, st- gay movie stuff. I am. I'm on top of it. You can't yeah. get ahead of me. Like, the second anything comes out, I've already watched it. <laughs> but, Again, uh, I knew about this movie well in advance because you were hyped for it. <laughs> exactly. I was so excited. The second it came out, like, I watched it the moment it went up on Amazon Prime. <laughs> Like, Didn't you stay up, like, waiting for it to go up? Yeah, I stayed up all night <laughs> waiting for it to be put up. And then when it went up, I watched the whole thing. And I had the first review on Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, yeah, so recently, just actually a couple days ago, there were two new big gay movies that were released. Which, uh, on Hulu, there was released Happiest Season, which is a new, like, lesbian Christmas rom-com starring mm. some some big names and it was it was okay i mean it was on par with other like big budget rom-coms so like the biggest right. difficulty for me for enjoying it was the fact that it was about asshole rich people it was like mm. it was like a similar thing where it was uh you know, one of the people is in the closet and they have to go home for the holidays and, like, pretend not to be a couple. And it's this drama with the family. But unlike in, like, in Shub Magal Ziyadisavdan, a lot of the family members, like, even if the dad is an asshole, a lot of the family members are really likable. Yeah, yeah. In in Happiest Season, almost none of them are likable. Like, I hate them for most of the movie. <laughs> they are not good people. Right, that that's frustrating. But like, it's in the end, like they have character development and it ends up in a good right. place. And there's like really sweet moments, and uh, there's some of the side characters that are good. But like, yeah, does I the, just does the movie have any relationships to class, like in in its narrative? No, not at all. Like it's right, one of because, those because I feel like Shubhankar Shara Sadan does have an opinion about class, even if it is about like a middle class family. Yeah, this is one of those American high-budget movies right, where right, class right. is completely invisible. And they're, like, clearly super rich, but it's not acknowledged at all that they're rich. <sighs> and it's the fact that they're That's rich... the worst kind of American media, I'm going to just say that right now. No, I agree with you. But it's, like, <laughs> it's especially frustrating because it's clear that most of their issues as a family and, like, as people come from the fact that they're rich. Like, that's why they're right. assholes. But it's never right. acknowledged. That's never an explicit part of the film. But yeah, so that's why most of the movie I was just like, man, I fucking hate rich people. Was most of my response. <laughs> God. But yeah, but also you know, to be fair, a lot of straight rom coms also I watch and I'm like, God, I fucking hate rich people. So like, right, right. equality, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we do want like a very uh, broad set of gay movies. So asshole rich people is also a genre, I guess. Yes, yes. And that one is starring Kristen Stewart. So, again, big name actors. Uh, That'll make I, some people excited, I'm sure. Yes, I will say for uh, for one good point about the movie, there was a really good character, side character played by, um, oh gosh, what's his name? David from Schitt's Creek, but I can't remember his real name right now. But, uh, and then there's yeah, also- Yeah, I don't know it. Then there's also a side character played by Aubrey Plaza. And I'm not the biggest fan of Aubrey Plaza, I'll admit. But I think this is actually, there were a few scenes where this 
is one of her most human performances I've seen. Where like, you're like, oh, this is a person. This isn't Aubrey Plaza. This is a person. Because <laughs> she she tends to play a particular kind of character where right, she's right. being over the top. And like, that's how she gets cast. And that's what people like her for. That's just not really my sort of thing. But this is right. a much more down-to-earth performance from her, which I appreciate. But uh, It's then, cool that people have brains that way. Yes. Uh, then the other big gay movie that came out on the same day that I actually liked way more is one called Uncle Frank that this one is on Amazon Prime and it's like again it's kind of a family drama but it's about this uh this family in the 70s where there's this young niece who like is they've been raised in sort of this like hillbilly small town South Carolina environment and uh but she's always liked her Uncle Frank who's like different from the family and a lot of the family has always been mean to him and stuff and so when she turns 18 she actually moves to new york to like study at the school where uncle frank is a professor but then like the her grandfather his dad dies and so they have to go back home for the funeral and they have this like road trip back together but like Mm, uh the main sort of crux of the film because like this girl is the main character or like the viewpoint character but Uncle Frank is really the main character because <laughs> mm. it's like about him and his journey because what's revealed about him when she like goes over to his house at one point is that he is gay and he's in this long-term relationship with another man who insists on coming back to the funeral with them but he was like won't show up at the funeral but he just wants to be there for Frank you know and right yeah the uh, Frank is played by Paul Bettany actually who's a really good actor who I like uh cool but yeah, it's it's just this whole like personal emotional drama about Frank mm. like dealing with uh, trauma from his past when he was a teenager and his difficult mm. relationship with his father and his family. And it's like, it's kind of, I guess, sort of gay 101 on some level because it is sort of him coming to terms with being gay, even though he's been mostly but, openly gay for a while but it's more like him coming to terms with his family over it more than how yeah how old is this character he's like in his 40s or 50s he's pretty old right and, and i think that's something you don't see as much yeah well and it's nice because again it's not him coming to terms with like figuring out that he's no, gay no, no, no. it's him coming to terms with all of the trauma he's gone through throughout his life because of like homophobia and stuff he's gone through related to that and like some some really traumatic things that happened with his first relationship that he had when he was a teenager and like with the way his father treats him and stuff but it ends up in like a really sweet place although it gets pretty dark at times but it's just it's a really well done really authentic feeling personal drama that's really well acted and well written and and well performed and stuff yeah, so if if you like stuff, and, and again, it's very grounded in the time period. Like, it's very mm. in that 70s, which I, I know that uh, both of us on this podcast and probably some of the few people who listen to it are very interested in, like, historical queerness and stuff. Right. So it's also good from that perspective. But That sounds really cool. Yeah, I highly recommend it. Again, it's a very different kind of movie than what Happiest Season is because it's not a rom-com. It's just a personal drama. But it's sounds a really... Sounds very uh, hurt comfort. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's... 
It's just a, it's really good. It gets, yeah, it gets really dark, but then also has those really sweet moments and ends up in a nice place. So it is kind of, yeah, that hurt comfort, like. Yeah. It's, you, it's, you know I love that shit. Yeah. I know. Yeah. yeah I highly recommend it. And uh, yeah, I probably went on about those for a bit longer than I intended to, but that's okay. <laughs> Listen, it's the ADHD. We ne- me already mentioned it. Yeah, we get distracted. We go off on tangents. That's okay. <laughs> this is a safe space, okay? <laughs> yes. Uh, and then, yeah, one one last thing before we sign off is that, uh, like, we haven't decided yet on our, what our next movie is going to be. Uh, I feel like maybe we should do something Christmassy or something. Yeah, we could do something Christmassy. Uh, or I was thinking, like, we've done a couple of really good movies. Yes, we should do something shitty. Yeah. We've got to do something bad. Like, part of the point of this podcast is that I have a deep love for really terrible shitty game movies. <laughs> so yeah. we got to watch something of dubious quality. <laughs> yes, let's, let's watch some trash. <laughs> so we'll figure that I out I feel like that time, makes but... sense for, for, like, that makes sense with the whole Christmas rom-com thing as well. I've, I'm it's sure true. there's a lot of trashy stuff there. Oh, yeah, big time. But yeah, we'll figure it out off, you know, off mic and post on the Twitter right. at some point. But uh, yeah, speaking of Twitter, uh, for the final sign off, you can follow the podcast on Twitter at CinemaGaze. Uh, you can follow me personally on Twitter at Teddy underscore Stonehill. And you can follow me at um, at S-E-J-R-H-E-R-R-E. Oh, you can find me on my website, sorry.net. Awesome. And if you'd like to see more of uh, my opinions on movies and just all of the many, many gay movies I've watched, you can go on Letterboxd and search for Teddy's Gay Movie Reviews and find my ranked list of all of the gay movies I've watched. It's a little outdated, but I'm working on getting it caught up to all the stuff I've seen. Even and outdated. I'm sure it's one of the longest one you will find out there. It's our, yeah, it's got 170 movies <laughs> on it right now. And I know there's a couple, like, dozen that I haven't gotten up there yet. So, yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot emphasize enough. I watch a lot of bad, obscure gay movies. We're not going to run out of movies for the podcast for a like, no. long time. No, this this podcast can be pretty indefinite with the number of <laughs> movies I've seen already. Uh, but uh, yeah, I think that's about it. Yeah. I think uh, for the sign-off phrase for this week, we'll take a, a, a cue from the movie we watched this week and just gotta say... My sexuality is my sexuality. None of your None sexuality. Of your sexuality. <laughs> See you next time. See ya. We have decided it cannot be. I'm not for him and he's not for me. He can do what he wants and I'll do what I can. But the both of us have got to get our man. Okay, I'm back.
Let me know when you're ready to go again. Hey. Hello. I ended up peeing as well. Good, then we can continue yes. this on. Both empty of pee. <laughs> <laughs> okay.